Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Exponential Wealth. I'm your host, Aaron B. Moore. Hope everyone's doing great today, wherever you are listening to this. Today, special guest, Carly Seif, realtor based here in San Mateo, working up and down the peninsula. So excited to share all of Carly's knowledge with you today. We're gonna be diving into the home buying process, diving into the things that you need to know as you're considering buying and selling real estate, especially if you're considering buying a home, renting, owning, all the questions that you might have. If we don't cover them today, we wanna hear from you so that we can answer them in the future, all right? Before I get started, I wanna quickly introduce Carly. She has an amazing background. And you can see I'm taking this right from her Instagram profile. I wanna read this to you. I couldn't say it better myself. The best real estate agents in the business have the distinction of being highly knowledgeable and no one knows San Mateo area like Carly Seif. Outgoing and friendly, Carly is known for her intelligence, industry savvy, warmth and drive. A proud San Mateo native, Carly possesses unique and intimate knowledge of the peninsula from San Bruno to Menlo Park, downtown areas with stunning culinary scenes to hiking destinations and pristine parks. Carly knows every street, every corner, every neighborhood, making her an ideal choice for young couples and families looking to level up from their first home. So without further ado, let's hop in. Carly, great to have you on the show. Welcome. How are you today? Hey, hey Aaron. So I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thanks for that phenomenal intro. I really appreciate the uh, the shout out. I, uh, I hope you guys like my new hairdo as opposed to, you know, the uh, um, mug shot <laughs> that you showed me there. <laughs> so well, always got to only... update those. Well, if you're only listening, you'll have to watch the YouTube or the video clip to catch that. Fair enough. Yeah, I got to remember this is a podcast. Right. And don't thank me for the introduction. You were the one that wrote it. And it was a beautiful description of what you do and why you do and why you're passionate about being a realtor and, um, and why I wanted to have you on the show because clients that we work with that trust us to hand them off to amazing, excellent professionals to help them with some of, and we'll talk about this, some of the most important decisions they can make buying a home or selling a home, moving stuff like that. Um, they're in good hands working with you. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about, but I wanted to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself and tell us why you love doing what you do. Okay, great. Um, you know, I've been doing real estate for about 12 years now, and it's one of those things where, um, I had to try a few things in my early twenties to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And I thought about being a realtor for several years before I actually did it because I was just sort of too nervous to jump in. And thank God I have a partner who pushed me a little bit at that time. It was like, give it a shot. You never know. And I decided that he was right. And you'd never know unless you tried. And I've never looked back. So I really do feel like I found my calling. I love my work every day, even when it's frustrating. And that's a really good sign. You know, um, the saying is true that if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And that's absolutely how I feel. So I love people. I love the community. Um, I love the peninsula. And so it's easy. I just, I'm involved with the people who live here every day and that's a perfect day for me. So that's excellent. Yeah. So Car- Carly, what I'm hearing is that when your clients have needs on the weekends, it's a, 
Th those are open hours for you still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love what I do, so no problem. But yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm used to it. I was showing property like until about 8.30 p.m. the other night. So, you know, yeah, whatever they need. Because that's when people are available, right? They work, then they're yep. off of work, and that's the opportunity for them. Or maybe that's the opportunity for the house to be open, you know, so. Yeah, totally. It's, it, it, it's um, you know what? Um, I have time to run to the dry cleaner at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday, and other people don't. So it's trade-offs, right? That's right. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know the lifestyle of a realtor because my mom has been a realtor for the last 30 years. That's right. Yeah, that's right. My dad got the, uh, you know, a lot of people are getting the golden handshake. They don't call it that anymore. But when my dad was around, <laughs> they called it the golden handshake um, from his company. And he joined mm. my mom in real estate. And, oh, uh -huh. man, I'm trying to get a ride somewhere as a young kid. They are on the phone. Uh, we're working on the weekends, going to open houses. I remember going to open houses as a kid. Uh, it's it's a yeah. big, big part of my life growing up. So I appreciate the work that you put in uh, when when you know, when we send cool. clients your way, you take care of them. So we appreciate that. Question for you, since sure. I have young children, um, you seem like you have a really good perspective on it now, but, uh, did it drive you crazy when you were a kid, that your parents are working all these random hours and on the phone during dinner or whatever? It kind of, it kind of did, but I think that, um, I, I respected it and it's just what it was, you know, like I didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't challenge them, but yeah, when I will, when I'm trying to get a ride or I'm trying to get picked up, this is before a cell phone. So now <laughs> sure, you, could, sure. you could be in a meeting, you probably have much less friction. But back True. then it was the landline. So I remember my mom would be at her desk and she would just be talking and talking. I'm like, you're not even talking about real estate. <laughs> you're talking about, uh, you know, like sure, your, your sure. children, your grand, I mean, which is the yeah. best type of conversations that you want to have with clients. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're, you closed the deal already and I got to get somewhere and you're still yapping <laughs> with so-and-so. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. um, I'd, I'd imagine that a lot of that friction has gone because of cell phones. Yeah, sure. I mean, I can certainly like be on that call on the way, you know, uh, to pick one of my boys up or something like that. Um, so I definitely hear it from my five-year-old sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like, Hey, Hey, you know, he tells um, you to, but, to hang up it keeps me it keeps me in check so it's a good we keep a good balance you know nice <laughs> yeah i think that's important to have a work-life balance um work-life yeah. balance had me up at 3 30 this morning my oh uh, damn our what's one, going on our one-year-old just you know i don't know teeth are coming and it's not easy growing up yeah. as a kid you know but yeah you yeah. don't remember that but so yeah perspective thirty thousand feet and years later right i'll have more perspective yeah. but our one-year-old was up and I'm sitting there in bed 3.30 thinking about the things that I need to do to deliver right, for my right. clients today. Right. So I just got up and I started working until 6.30 when, um, you know, when the baby woke up again, you know, and then I, and then I was with her. So, um, hey, look at, look at that. You made use of your time. Right. But then I got to have yeah. that 6.30 to next couple hours of having my coffee, making breakfast for the girls. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, playing some music and enjoying the morning, you know, and then yeah, boom, yeah. back into the day. Right. Until. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. well, I appreciate your positive perspective on being woken up at three thirty AM. You know, I have amazing colleagues uh, who have done the same. I don't want to name mm -hmm. drop, um, mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. though they probably wouldn't mind uh, yeah. that, that are kind of just ahead of me. Right. Um, one right, particular, right, right. one particular yeah. advisor, in my office has, has a, uh, 
two kids just ahead of my two girls. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he goes, yeah, dude, how else are you going to get work done? You know? So it, it, it woke my mind. I'll tell you something funny though. So I my Please. dad used to wake up for at five 30 in the morning, every morning mm -hmm. to leave for uh -huh. work. And that was like, you know, the old days, right. The, you know, the dad with the briefcase and the suit, at least my mm -hmm. father, he'd march off to downtown LA where he worked for a big oil corporation. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, what a guy sacrificing. Yeah. Now that we have kids, Carly, mm. like, I would love to be up at five and bounce and be out. I don't have to change a <laughs> diaper. I don't have to get ready for school. I don't have to put socks uh -huh. on. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. I hear you. I, I had that thought the other night when I was showing property that like, yeah, I was out late, but my husband was doing bedtime and I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, mm. I love my kids actually. And I miss it when I don't do it, but, uh, you know, it isn't, yeah. it is actually a break and it provides that balance of you need it. I didn't know this was a parenting podcast, but I like this little sidebar we've had that, uh, it does provide a good balance to have your, like your adult professional life and your home life with your kids. And it's great if you can maximize both. Um, but it, it reminds you, I think it, it's a good reminder of like the joy you have at home when you're at work, when you miss it. And then when you're with the kids and you're thinking about work, you just can kind of remind yourself that that's just because you're a committed professional and that's okay. And you'll like, get to it. You'll get to it. It'll be okay. You know? So well, it's better to have the both. I think I'll, I'll take the sidebar conversation, Carly. Cause I think that since yeah. March of 2020, I think a lot of us have mm. been thrown a loop, you know, especially yeah. I mean, yeah. our first was born right in March. Um, so oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But, everyone's working from home now, or a lot of people are working from home. I mean, a lot of service people, God bless yeah. teachers, um, service workers, people that, you know, where the rubber meets Absolutely. the road, have to do that work. God bless them yeah. because, you know, every, yeah. all of us yeah. are sitting in our PJs doing work from our laptop and our cell phones, like we're talking about. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, yeah. so I think home and work blended for, for realtors. I mean, we're, we're talking about that growing up. That was clear that that is yeah. no boundaries. Um, and I think for financial yeah, advisors, yeah. that was more. So I think, you know, before there was more delineation, here's office hours. If I'm going to meet with a client, right, it's going to be, right. you know, between nine and five for the most part, you know, maybe yeah. there's after hours. Yeah. Meeting. yeah. But now, yeah. you know, we're, we're communicating, uh, obviously most meetings are with zoom, uh, a lot of new clients in right. the last year. Right. So I haven't even met them in person. I have clients in San Mateo, Carly, that are, that are like, oh, we'll come in the office. We'll see your office. We'll yeah. get to meet you in person. Yeah, yeah. Last yeah, yeah. minute, they're like, you know what? We have work. It's like, it's, it's, you know, five minutes yeah. in the car. Who wants to sit in the car? Let's just do Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I Zoom with people from my own office, you know, also and local clients all the time because, I mean, in the end, it does save you like maybe that half an hour round trip, right? And everyone's trying to be efficient and nimble with their time and maximize, right? So I get it. It's, it's provided actually a, a level of, um, a level of efficiency to our lives that I really appreciate. They've, I've listened to some like Freakonomics has podcasts on this kind of topics. And I listened to one about, you know, they talked about, um, the actual efficiency studies they did somewhere in Asia. I don't remember which country, but it was like, was working from home actually generating more productivity from the workers. And in, in certain of their studies, it absolutely was, it was interesting. Right. So Anyway, yeah, yeah. you know, we're, we're dedicated to our professions. We want to do a good yeah. job and I'm sure people are concerned about their jobs. I mean, you look at how many layoffs are happening right now. So I think, 
Yeah. Yeah. Added more work hours. It's like, it's like the whole promise of technology creating efficiencies that reduce mm -hmm. work hours, but it actually mm -hmm. just allows us to work longer. Uh, yeah, that's you true. You can't take the human out of it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. if that's not yeah. a, uh, a beacon call to do something like you mentioned, do something that you're passionate about and that you love, which is yeah. why you're on this podcast with me, which is why we're doing this. Okay. Let's right. jump, let's jump in. It. So, I hope everyone appreciated that conversation. I uh, got to know Carly and I a little bit more from that, but I think people are listening to this because they want to know some, I don't know about secrets, you know, all those top five things <laughs> you need to know about, uh -huh, um, uh -huh. yeah. you know, this isn't uh, headline grabbing stuff. This is actually tactical professional. We do this every day. This is how we do these things. Yeah. Um, this is yeah. a flash in the pan uh, tip and trick that you can use. This is how yeah. we work with people to make sure mm -hmm. that, you know, they get these deals done. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's jump in. Clients of mine mm -hmm. talk about the home buying process. They want to buy mm -hmm. a home. Yeah. Later in the call, we'll talk about renting versus owning. Sure. Okay. Um, but they ask, I, I don't even know the first place to start with buying a home. So Carly, mm -hmm. I couldn't think of a better person to kind of launch that conversation for our listeners than the new. Yeah. So how does this home buying process begin? Sure, sure. So um, I'm fortunate to hear from a lot of people when they're at the beginning, right, of that journey. So fortunately, in our area, I think we have a lot of really well-educated and informed, you know, population, right, who think to reach out to a professional to get started, right? So, and the, the answer to that question is, is it doesn't have to be a realtor. Um, oftentimes, I hear from clients who've just gotten off with their financial advisor or met with their advisor in the last week or two and decided to then reach out to an agent, um, which is frankly, those clients are always the best informed because they come, you know, having had a conversation with their advisor and knowing like, okay, how much of their down payment do they feel comfortable moving into this process as opposed to other parts of their investment plan. Right. And they'll already have talked about budget potentially like looked at a chart, right on their owner with that advisor. So they really come well-informed um, on where they're at with their budget. If someone doesn't have a financial advisor, um, and I think that they should, I may mention it, um, but others might feel like they don't quite have the assets yet and they're not ready for that. And that's okay too. And if they've met with me for the first time, just to kind of find an intro and get their feet wet, I will usually recommend that, you know, we have an introductory conversation and then they talk to a, a mortgage broker, right? A lender. Um, cause the first thing you really got to know is, are you financially set to do it? Right. You can visit open houses till the cows come home. Um, but in order to be ready to buy, you really got to know how the finances line up and I can help people have an idea of, okay, what is the budget for a three bedroom, two bath in this city look like, right? What's the average and what's the typical down payment? I can, I can, I can go over those things if you would like, like I, I can definitely talk about those things, but I'll tell them, Hey, let's, let's start with the budget, start with a, you know, either your financial advisor or your mortgage lender and see what they say. And then come back to me and we'll talk about what's realistic for the budget you've determined. And if that sounds good to you, we'll get going. And Carly, just so yeah. people are listening, going mm -hmm. to, and I'm glad you said that that's, that's kind of the flow that, that we'll send yeah. them to you or, or a realtor they're working with. Right. And then, but that that's the next person is the mortgage lender because yeah, they need absolutely. To be, Here's the word. They need to be pre-qualified. You need to pre-qualify with your yep. income and your assets. Um, yep. Yep. 
debt to income ratio in order to, mm-hmm. to qualify for. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a le- I'm not a lender, but obviously I I know a lot about it from being close <laughs> to that process in, in, in my work, and I know that yeah, the typical maximum is around forty three percent debt to income ratio, right? Um, not everyone wants to max out. Most people don't, in fact, but they'll find out sort of what is their maximum qualification, and then they'll adjust the budget from there as to what makes sense for what they want to pay on a monthly basis. And the good news is, is that rates um, have been coming down a bit since the end of November. So, you know, we're starting to look a little bit sunnier on that side. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a tough, it's been a tough place to be just as an aside. It went yeah. before you had to have, you know, cash hand over fist in order right, to get right. into a place when interest yeah. rates, you could get like a 2.99 or a 3. <laughs> right, anything right. in that range. Right, and, right. And then now you're essentially mm-hmm. paying double the interest, right? You're doubling your mortgage payment. So your price yeah. that way, it's been, it's been, uh, you know, the Bay Area, especially where we live has been, uh, it's been rough for a lot of people, uh, unless yeah. you're a top, a top income earner. Um, yeah. but not to, not to distract from, the home buying process, but mm-hmm, I think that, mm-hmm. and, I, and I talked to clients about this, there's a lot of, yeah. a lot that you can do. Like you mentioned, if someone doesn't necessarily have the down payment ready, well, awesome. Yeah. If you're working with a financial advisor, that's the whole point of having a plan. It's like, all right, yeah. well, here's mm-hmm. what we have. Here's what we earn. Yeah. Here's what we spend. Yeah. So yeah. let's get a game mm-hmm. plan together. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. pre-qualified, have the realtor, get the home. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the good news is that um, at that part of the process, when you're at the beginning, it was kind of like no harm, no foul, right? So I have a lot of introductory meetings with buyers who end up buying about one to two years from the time that we first talk, right? That is pretty, even a few sometimes, because they have that conversation with me while they're thinking about it. And it turns out that for a lot of people, they think about buying that home for a while before they actually get all of the ducks in a row to do it. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be a rush. And in fact, I think for most people, uh, they feel stressed if that home buying process is a rush, right? Because it's a big decision. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No one ever needs to feel like they have to do it tomorrow. It is honestly always better to get in the sooner that you can, right? You want to start on that property ladder earlier in your life if possible, right? I think a lot of people will sort of wait for the perfect time and maybe spend a little too too much time overthinking it that's a common problem. And I'll try to help people work through that. Um, but in some cases they do just actually have to get the finances lined up and that's okay. Right. No, we yeah. have, cli- mm-hmm. we have clients that like renting. I mean, look, you can, oh, you, yeah. you're not paying yeah. property tax. You're not paying insurance. We have yeah. an HOA. Yeah. Let's not get started on HOAs. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's, there's people that can, that certainly that don't, that, that, that think the market's overpriced. You said something really interesting. Can yeah. I go back for a second? You said, yeah. um, sure. And this is why we have these conversations to reveal these things. Yeah. Oh, so we said no hacks yes. during this call, but I think we're going to give you a hack. <laughs> no, no. And the hack yeah. is the, uh, the property ladder. Talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. What is a property ladder? Sure. The the property ladder is uh, think of <laughs> think about like that dream home, right? Everyone has it, and no one buys it the first time, right? I mean, no one who lives in reality buys that when. It's their first home, whatever that dream is. You start somewhere. You, maybe it's a condo or a townhouse, or you buy your first place, bef- you know, like when you're single. Or, you know, for a lot of people, um, it looks different. It's a practical decision. It's like, okay, 
I'm going to start making my investment in property. And then what do I have? Five years from now, seven years from now, 10 years from now, I have that property to parlay into the next one. And you move up the ladder, right? Now you're ready to get that bigger home. Maybe your family's grown, you know, something like that. And it's time. And guess what you have? You have an asset that you can either sell to take the equity out of, to use that, you know, as your down payment for the next property. Um, or, you know, you can have that as a, a rental property. A lot of people do that. They keep their original first home as a, as an investment and they collect rental income on that. And they use that to sort of make the next bigger home a little bit more affordable on a monthly basis for them. So it really helps you make that next step. And the next one again, helps you make that next step. And Owning property and having a property to sell if you wanted to or to rent if you wanted to is always better than sitting on the sidelines. Okay. You hear that? Don't sit yeah. on the sidelines, folks. Mm -hmm. um, I'm Even though, especially now that interest rates are coming down, so people are going to start looking. Yeah. It's going to get a little tighter and maybe some more inventory is going to come on the market. Plus, yeah. we're going to yeah. be coming into spring. <laughs> yeah. Inventory comes in the spring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I meet a lot of folks who tell me that they wish they bought. Oh, I wish I'd bought when, Oh, about that house. Oh, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready. Oh, I thought about this one. Right. So common. Almost everyone that I talk to wishes they'd done it sooner. Guaranteed. Yeah. Even the next step, even the move up to the next home, people wish they'd done it sooner. So I always encourage everyone to, you know, to get off the fence. And sometimes what they need to get off the fence is just a little bit more Intel, a little bit more education so they can feel comfortable stepping in. And that's where I come in. Right. Yeah, yep. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I can only take them so far because I love talking about real estate. I'll help. I mean, mm -hmm. read, you know, with the different online sure. know, database, you don't even have to, you don't have to have the MLS anymore, essentially to access the market, even though sure. this actually, sure. that's a great um, leeway into my next kind of thing, sure. which is talking yeah. about the value that a realtor brings to the table. Yeah. Yeah I, saw, yeah. I saw an article yesterday. There was a, I'll spare the details. Somebody mm -hmm. got their license essentially to be their own representative on the deal. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's funny, but mo for most people, we're not going to do that. We don't have time for that. No. We already no. got done talking about kids and our no. jobs. Come on. Uh, that doesn't seem like a value add, but okay. <laughs> so, so it used to be the MLS having access to the homes on the market. That was, you know, my, my parents' time, let, let's say. Sure. Sure. Uh, the games changed. Uh, there's Saturday night live skits where people are scrolling the sites, uh, yeah. at homes and oh, yes. dreaming right, about right. inside, you know, um, yeah. what's the value today? I, I mean, I could tell people and I do, I do share that because yeah. I have my beliefs, but in, in yeah. your words, yeah. what's the value yeah. that's really driving the relationship that's driving, um, you know, the, the value that they're getting from the relationship and then about, about working yeah. with you in particular to, to, to get this dream home that they want. Right. Right. So I do find that you can browse on Redfin and Zillow and all these types of sites all day, but are you really going to make that step? Are you going to jump in off the sidelines by just looking at homes online all day? Highly unlikely. Right. So you really got to jump in and get your feet wet if you actually want to get started. Sure. And yes, technically you could find a home online that you think that you like, and you could make an offer on it without ever seeing it. And a robotic agent through one of these companies could, could type the offer for you. And that could happen. But will you feel really confident in the decision that you're making? 
very frequently the answer is no, right? People will be like, well, you know, I bought this place because I just felt like I had to do it or, you know, I needed something and it seemed better than the other ones, but I didn't even really go check it out until like my offer was already accepted. Right. I'll hear those stories of people who maybe used an online broker, like in the past. Wow. And, um, typically I can tell that even if it ended up being okay, which sometimes it does, they didn't feel good about it at the time. They had a lot of question marks in their mind. And the ultimate thing is that if you have a realtor on your side, you feel calmer, you feel a lot more confident in your decision, you're getting an education and you can be informed about how you could best to be spending your money. Right. Cause I can talk to clients about like, well, this, you know, this street is great, but this one's even better. Right. Or like, I know there's a lot of value in this pocket. Right. So if you're targeting this neighborhood anyway, like, let's see if we can't find something over here um, or someone will like a house and I'll come to it and I'll go like, yeah, this is, this checks a lot of boxes, but I'm seeing that, you know, most of the other homes in this neighborhood have a lot of character and this one doesn't. So it's okay if you want to buy it, but let's make sure you don't overpay. Right. So there's a, there's an education and there's also that protection, right? So I'm looking out to make sure that my clients make the best possible decision, make the most out of possible out of their budget because everybody has a budget. It's, it's totally fine to want a home that you can't afford because literally everyone does, right? Everyone who has a million dollar budget wants a $2 million house. Everyone has a $2 million budget wants a $2.8 million house. Everyone who has a $5 million budget wants a $10 million house. Guess what? Even the people with a lot of money want more money, right? right. So it doesn't, it doesn't end. And, um, but what you want to do is really maximize what you can achieve for yourself out of it, right? Some people, they really, for some people, that's the location. For some people, it's the amount of square footage. For some people, it's the school district, right? So I help the client distill down what is the most important to them so we can focus and prioritize. And I think yeah. you, you you mentioned a real clear, I mean, it was it was crystal clear in your example. You said yeah. you could go online and press a button and make an offer online and have some, you know, have chat yeah, GPT sure. type up the offer for you now, you know? Sure, even, yeah, right? yeah. But they're not going to, uh, I've, I've purchased two different places and yeah. you get nervous. You start shaking. Yeah. You know, it's like the yeah. scariest yeah. thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. And then you, you make the offer and yeah. then you're like, are they going to accept it? Right. Yeah. And this is even after yeah. getting pre-qualified. I mean, that's really right, the, right. again, mm -hmm. the first thing mm -hmm. getting pre-qualified yeah. is yeah, yeah. your budget. Yeah. But you're thinking about the new payment. So it's scary. And, and I think that yeah. that's something yeah. that, um, so you're helping folks move the needle on that, which I love. Yeah. That's what I'm doing yeah. with planning. People are like, oh, I should save for retirement. Oh, I should protect my family. Oh, I should do this and that. I'm like, okay, that great. makes sense. Let's get a plan together and do it. So uh, yeah. we're, we're yeah. together. on yeah. that. But then the part about pushing the offer, you yeah. are delivering an offer to another human being, to another realtor, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. your yeah. skill, your acumen to be able to present the offer, know what the, know what yeah. the price is going to be. No, you know, mm -hmm. and I think you made a great point. Like, Hey, let's not overpay for something. Yeah. That's really important too. I tell, I tell my clients this, this yeah. happened to me is that you don't need every, you don't need like the, the market to be on your side. You just need to find the one home at the right yeah. place at the yeah. right time. That's on the market, yeah. right. Yeah. When you're ready, when yeah. luck and opportunity meet and then yeah. boom, you're there. And then yeah. you have the realtor, you have your team. 
yeah. together. You're ready. Right? Yeah. yeah. You got to be ready. Luck will not find you if you're not ready. Right. That's the thing. So, um, and I've had clients buy homes quickly, right? Like say they've been looking, maybe they've made an offer or two that haven't worked out, you know, someone overbid them or something like that. Right. That'll happen. Um, although to be honest, like, I think I inform my clients really well. Maybe, maybe I put a lot of education at the forefront is that majority of my clients buy a home within their first one or two offers. Right. Well, cause I don't mess around. We don't just like throw stuff at the wall, hoping it sticks. There's strategy to this, right? There's, um, there's priority, there's strategy. Uh, we really target the property when they're ready for it. So that's an aside, but I've had folks where like, you know, we mold over different disclosure packages, different properties. They like hemmed and hot over different offers over the course of a few months. Then they see a house on Sunday afternoon and they're like, Carly, we love this one. And I'm like, great. And then I call, you know, I call the other agent and, and he's like, damn, Carly, love to work with you. Guess what? I already have an offer. And so guess what we do? We write an offer right now. You know, right. that has happened. Um, I've sold homes to people in, you know, within less than 24 hours of them seeing it several times over the years, because it was just, that was the one, it was the right time, things aligned. And the good news is they didn't have to overthink it. They didn't, they didn't have the luxury of time to overthink it. Right. So, um, it worked out and actually it works out. Sorry. I got a phone call coming in on my computer. I apologize <laughs> being distracted for a second, but it, it can actually work out great. And at the end of the day, it was like a gut feeling. You go for it. You don't have time to overanalyze. Carly, we, yeah. I mean, we're recording this during work hours. So if you have a yeah. client that <laughs> needs you, we understand if you got to run. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Okay. I'll get back to them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you though. That's, that's great, man. I'm, yeah. I, I love this stuff. I hope people listening love this stuff. It gets me excited. Yeah. And I hope that, Yeah. I mean, we got to have, we got to have faith. You got to have patience. You said, People meet yeah. with you and that's how yeah. it was for us. Yeah. I, um, my wife and I, we, we, I saw the place actually it was across the street from my old mm. office. Oh yeah. I saw the place, not the exact place, but like essentially the place mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in this, um, you know, in, in this uh, unit. Yeah. Yeah. Out of my price range at that point, come mm -hmm. back a year later, we uh -huh. have a kid incomes are yeah. a little different. The market's yeah. a little different. Interest rates were lower. And yeah. It was, and it was like during COVID, it was just like the perfect storm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I, I want, I want people that don't own, we work with clients, like our clients that are yeah. going to listen to this. So yeah. I, I want them to know, I want you to know if you're listening yeah. that th this, this can be yours faith that the right <laughs> home will appear Yeah. Yeah. Patience for that yeah. right place. And yeah. then, yeah. and then having your team in place, your financial advisor, we talked about that, mm -hmm. the realtor, and yeah. the lender. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's a whole lot more complexity and mm -hmm. we can have a follow-up call. In fact, I want to yeah. do, do more kind of yeah. stuff in terms yeah. of the, the education process because yeah. people can just listen to it and then be like, all right, cool. Here's what I need to do. Boom. Yeah. My yeah. instructions for, for getting yeah. in place. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm encouraged that if through faith, patience, hard work, discipline, all those things that you could buy a home. Oh, absolutely. I want to, I want to have that actually go into the next kind of point. Sure. We, sure. We might as well, we might as well talk about it. Um, yeah. Cause we run models, financial planning models every day, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. renting versus owning. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's what it looks like on 
paper on spreadsheet and then there's yeah, yeah. what it actually is yeah, to yeah. own a place and the and like so what yeah. what do you see as the pros and cons to renting and owning sure sure so obviously you know um renting is simple right you know exactly what your cost is every month right of course if you're looking to rent for the long term you've got to factor in rent increases over time right that's going to happen but you don't really need to budget for major you know upgrades expenses right maintenance costs things like that i i understand uh, why some people will go that way um, but you're losing out on all of the pros right and so with ownership um first of all it's your own property right so you get all of that like pride of ownership you get to um, customize it just the way that you want Right? You don't have to worry about making decisions um, about aesthetics or painting or you know upgrades that your landlord may or may not approve of. Right? There's just that um, hard to put your finger on benefit about making it your own. Right? First of all, but really at the end of the day, um, that's an asset. You know, when you're renting, that money is just leaving your bank account every month, and the money that leaves your bank account to pay your mortgage is actually going into something that appreciates over time, right? And so your money is kind of going back into a bank that you're holding for yourself. That's the way that I like to look at it is like, this property is going to be an asset to me at, at some point. Either I'm going to sell it to parlay it to my next property, or I'm going to keep it and I'm going to pass it on to my kids, you know, or I'm going to rent it for a long time and parlay it into a different investment property, right? And buy a duplex, right? And you, you can't do any of those things if you don't own it in the first place. So I think about it for the future benefit, for setting down roots, for making it your own, for the future, you know, benefit, the appreciation of that asset. You know, and I'm really practical with people. If, if I meet someone who's a tech employee, they're like new to this area. They're like, I want to buy. I'm like, great. Um, but frequently, if they're coming from another area, the price shock is like intense, right? Because we live in basically the most expensive area in the country and one of the top five in the world, right? Okay. So um, they might quickly find that technically on a monthly payment basis, it is slightly less expensive to get what they want by renting, right? It just could be the case, right? It's yeah. not uncommon. And they'll look at me and go like, well, I mean, what's up with that? Like, what should I do? And I'll honestly say to them, if you see yourself in the Bay Area and you wanna be here long-term, if you see this as like a, you know, more than five-year prospect for you, do it, bye, right? But if you don't know and you might take another job in Atlanta or Austin next year, I mean, Honestly, that person could be better off renting. And I'm not always here to just be like, I got to make the sale. I got to make the sale. I need to advise the client because turns out that that client might appreciate my honesty and transparency with them about what's best for them. And then even if they move to Austin, they might remember their other friend who worked at the same tech company does need to buy and they give them my name. Right. So, um, it's okay with me if people want to go through those motions and decide to move on to something else. That's all right. That's a win too, is I've helped them progress and make that decision. Right. So I love, yeah. I love that car. I appreciate that. And I know that's yeah. why, you know, I feel comfortable sharing. Like I tell my clients this, yeah, you know, all, we're here to serve. And so, yeah, absolutely. And we're here to educate, you know, and if we yeah. want to do business together, that's awesome. Fantastic. But you know, it has to be a good fit for both of us. Exactly. 
you, yeah, um, that's, you hit the nail on the head, Aaron. That's amazing. I'm glad to hear you feel the same way. Yeah. I mean, that's the, come on. I'm not surprised. Here. I know you, but totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple points I want to make to really yeah. drive the rental and owning home. We haven't mentioned these yet. Mm. Yeah. Renting. The owner could ask you to leave. Yeah, they absolutely can. It's inconvenient, right? There's an you, inconvenience factor for like, sure. You, you want to paint or make upgrades to the place that you're yeah. not necessarily going to be living in two to five years from now. Yep. Yep. Um, I went through a series of places I was living at. I felt very insecure in terms yeah. of like finding a place that fit into my budget. I was a teacher at that time. So I didn't have quite the, the, you know, the, um, ability to pay. Yeah. That doesn't matter how I felt matters, you know, and right. when you rent, right. Right. you know, you call it a pride of ownership, but there's a sense of, um, you know, a sense of, uh, at peace, you know, being at sure, peace with sure. like, yeah. I, I, I own this 20% of this place <laughs> or <laughs> I own this, pay the mortgage. this place. No one can take it away from you. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. first place, I only put 3% down. Right. I used a right. loan from the city for the other 17%. Yeah. 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 I, I think it was a good decision to sell it Yeah. because you talked about appreciation, which is the next point I want to bring up. Yeah, sure. Sure. I only got 3% of the appreciation. So long-term. Oh, and then the city set the sale price. Yeah. So it was oh. artificially deflated. You know, they set. Oh, was it max. one of those like below market rate units? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Below. Oh, yeah. This is mm -hmm. in Santa Cruz County. Got a below. Okay. This place mm -hmm. was gorgeous. It was on a corner of a slough. Yeah. It's funny. I'm on a slough here now too in San Mateo. <laughs> yeah. Corner unit, these gorgeous, huge windows. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it was just, it, it was, it was, beautiful. And it was such a great experience. Um, which is why I'm a, I'm a promoter, uh, yeah. like moving yeah. from renting, like, even though it's at the beginning, it's more expensive, everything's yeah. more expensive at the beginning. And as we get older, things ease up. You know, if you have the same mortgage payment yeah. 20 years yeah. from now, it's going to be the same mortgage payment. So, right. Right. Uh, right. You have, you have, you have a 30 year fix, right. In terms of the mortgage. True. Uh, true. You know, it's, I, I won't make a quick aside about that, which is to let people know that in the current marketplace with rates having gone up from where they were, you know, a year or two ago, so it's actually pretty common for people to be doing something called rate buy downs, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, artificially decreasing the rate for one, two or three years from the purchase. So I'm just, just to mention that, that I know that that is possible. And a lot of the lenders I work with are doing that. And sometimes, frankly, you can get the seller to, um, kick in for it. Right. Uh, and that helps people make their plans, right? Of like, okay, I know I can get this rate, which reduces my payment for the next three years. And then by that point, I'll probably have had a chance to refi anyways, right? So um, that's been helping a lot, actually, in the higher rate marketplace. Just a random that, tip. <laughs> I wonder if that person I read about in the paper, know, you know, that just passed the realtor exam knows that. Yeah. So what were they thinking? They want, they, they were going to save themselves a lot of money by doing this or what, well, what was the, I hope it parlays motivation into to them be being a realtor, realtor, right. And like helping others yeah, and maybe yeah. they want to start a, true. Hey, here's mm -hmm. how to like, there's probably a market for at the time I was a teacher, there's probably a market for, Hey, here's, if you're a teacher or, a, or you work for the state of California or the city government, yeah, yeah. here is how you get yeah. into a home with 3% down. Right. That's a whole mm -hmm, other podcast mm -hmm. episode. So, 
Um, yes, God, yes. You know, God bless those people. I want to mention, I don't know why I've said that so much. We yeah. talked about religion before. That's why I said so many God references. All right. Hmm. Uh, we're agnostic <laughs> here. You know, we're, uh, you know, universal, <laughs> universal religions. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. The, the religion of humanity. Yeah, I love that. The religion of humanity. It's perfect. The benefit, let's talk about, we talked about the pride of ownership, not having yeah. a landlord, you know, so that kind mm -hmm. of thing, that's the benefit yeah. of owning yeah. and then yeah. building equity in the home, mm -hmm. having mm -hmm. ability to, to upgrade to that next property. Yep. You have yep. more kids and you, and you need more rooms. Uh, yep. 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 <laughs> um, what's the other, what's the other side of this? When you make money in mm -hmm. an investment account or a retirement account, yep. Uh, yep. Well, different in a retirement account. I'll, I'll leave that alone sure. in an investment sure. account, non-retirement capital gains. When you make money mm. in real estate, right? You know, this let's, let's, let's have it out. Yeah. When yeah. you are single, you can, you have a $250,000 exclusion. So long right. as you've lived in the house more than two years as your primary yep. residence. Yep. Yep. If you're married, you can have your property can increase by $500,000 yep. and you pay a big whopping zero in capital yeah. gains tax. Yeah. Tax free on that 500 K it's great. So yeah. in terms of long-term strategy, it's kind of hard to beat that tax treatment. That's true. That tax treatment is super helpful. Um, I have heard some people, you know, some mutterings about there's, well, I'm sure there's always lobbyists trying for this, trying to get that same treatment for investment properties. Right now they have the 1031 exchange, which is a little bit different. And that's also a whole nother podcast episode, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see that remains to but be not, seen as not, whether or not. not my podcast. We don't talk about those things on my podcast. <laughs> if, Anyways, if, no, if, you're if totally compliance right. Yeah. is listening, we don't talk about those things. <laughs> But what I was going to say is that you're, you're totally right, Aaron. That's uh, you don't get that long-term capital gains, like tax-free benefit with other types of investments, right. Um, yeah. as you do with your primary residence. So that's an excellent benefit. Um, what some people, um, don't think about when they, when they do that initial calculation too, about, Oh, can I, have I made too much or am I going to have to pay taxes is, you know, you, you start where you've sold it. And not only do you subtract what you what you paid for it, but you subtract everything you've put into that property, right? If you've ever done any renovations, painting, landscaping, right? I mean, paving the driveway, it, anything. Literally, if you if you kept your receipts and kept track, you could charge every single light bulb you ever changed, right? Wrenches you bought to fix something, right? right. It adds up um, when you're a homeowner, and then you can also subtract any fees, right? The realtor fees, um, transfer taxes, staging you paid, all of these things that you paid to sell it, right? So for a lot of people, bringing that sort of visible to the tax man profit of 500K down to that 500K or 250K or less is easier than you might think, right? In a legitimate way, right? Because we're supposed to track all these expenses. So like, for instance, um, I mean, I'll just give, I'll give a personal example and I will just put it out there because I know these details is, um, in 2021, my husband and I sold our first home and moved up to the next home. And we had paid about 500 K for that home initially. Um, and we ended up selling it for almost 1.7 million. And in the end of the day, but we had remodeled it, right. Um, we had put a lot into renovations. Part of the reason it sold so high 
is I think it was pretty nice in the end. Um, but, um, I was really proud actually, because it was literally the highest price per square foot ever sold on the East side of San Mateo when I sold it, (laughs) you know? So like as a realtor, you always want that for your clients, but I was my own favorite client. So that was pretty exciting. (laughs) Um, but, um, at the end of the day, I think that we paid capital gains on about 200,000. Wow. Right. So, you know, I mean, we did pay some taxes, but nothing compared to, you know, the gain was, was worth it. Wow. Times. You were able to so. deduct that much. That's amazing. So that's really, yeah. so, so lo- long-term putting yeah, money in. Yeah. I love that it. story. Yeah. I love that yeah, story. Yeah. Carly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd actually let, let's have that go into our last point and then we'll, then sure. we'll say goodbye. We can't be here forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as much as I'd love to, I'd spend all day with you, Aaron. Yeah. Same, same. <laughs> so, and our clients too, right? Like I gotta, I gotta tell my clients like, Hey, we're done with the business. We've been chatting. Okay, great. Let's, let's hang out. Yeah. I, I love my clients. Yeah. That's why we do what we do. We just, there, there's, there's so, it's so great. Yeah. This great story that you just shared. Uh, it was about mm. your own property. I'm sure you have a client sure. story that is really fantastic, oh. <laughs> uh, that, that you might want to yeah. share with us. Yeah. And then maybe a horror story of something sure. that went horribly mm. wrong just for fun. Just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, just for fun. Well, yeah. um, just, just to what uh, to avoid. Yeah. Maybe that one, yeah, a horrible <laughs> story. Like if you could, if you could avoid this, cause here's mm-hmm. what happened. Please avoid this. Please do not do this. <laughs> Uh, Well, I will say that, um, you know, when you walk up to, when you walk up to a property and the agent who's representing the seller, the listing agent has put up any kind of a sign, like a paper sign or something printed out, not, not the for sale sign, probably look at it. Right. Cause okay. 90% of the time it says, take off your shoes. Okay, fine. And that's actually a whole nother thing. Realtors, we have this whole like liability thing about that because if you've asked someone to take off your shoes and then their shoes and then they fall, it's a, it's a thing, but <laughs> that's a common sign. Okay. Um, but the sign might say, do not open the back sliding door. It might say, do not go on the rear deck. It might say, do not use the side entry stairs. Okay. And they've probably put this sign up again. And so like as agents, we, we will, um, you know, notice it, right. And point it out to people. But I think a lot of people like walk into properties and just kind of like look around. Um, because, um, I have had a client ignore that and, and, um, she was okay, but you know, she like slipped down a set of stairs that were not supposed to be walked on. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and as an, like, that was, um, one of the scariest moments I went through was like worrying, right. That, that she was okay. So, um, because sometimes a property is a fixer upper. Sometimes it needs some work and they've decided to, instead of addressing these things, put it on the market as is, right? I was going to say that that's the other sort of like, which are not horror stories because injuries are pretty uncommon is I oftentimes just see really funky, funky, donkey houses, right? I mean, it's stinky to high heaven, right? Like they had 15 cats or pets or something, cats. That, yeah. yeah. Like that they smoked in there for 35 years and had 15 dogs. Right. I mean, like you wonder how it could possibly yeah. smell that way. I see that. I've seen a home where it looked like you might just be able to just like push it over because it was so cracked. Like it was like cracked along the outside gaps, this wide cracked along the inside, cracked up the chimney, like walls seeping apart. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that that's lot value at that point. Right. Right. Uh, right. right? Um, it's almost like they should have just torn it down and offered this vacant land. Um, so I've seen all kind of gamut of that. Um, but you know, there's also the right buyer for that kind of stuff too. Right. So it doesn't have to be a horror story of like, you're never going to get into that property by accident. No one's going to walk up. I'm never going to let someone buy the the dog pee house or the crack to high heaven house, unless they were looking to, you know, tear it down, gut it, bring it down to the studs, redo a thing. And that's what you want. Great. Perfect opportunity. Cause it's not for your average Joe, not for your typical home buyer. Right. right. So I see those things all the time. Well, yeah. You know, actually, um, and this will leak, I, I forgot. I wanted to talk about your favorite local city ordinances. So this kind of <laughs> leads into our final, uh, our final, <laughs> Your favorite and worst oh, yes. local city ordinance. Okay. This leads into it. Yeah. Um, we the have the sexiest possible topic. Yes. Yes. Actually, we have a mutual friend. Uh, and and yeah. you know, I'd, I'd heard this before, but he, uh, you know, the, the couple really took advantage of this. Mm -hmm. There are city ordinances where you can only build so far in a lot. Yes. But if it's yes. an older home, like the one with cracks this big, well, right. if it has the structure, maybe you mm -hmm. could. Yep keep the home right but essentially build around the dilapidation so that you have um mm -hmm. the wide home on the narrow property which I, which is very common around this the whole yeah absolutely yeah no that's a that's a um that's a good one to take advantage of your your architect or designer will help you figure that out but there are ways to work with within you know the city codes to be sure that you can sort of keep a nicely grandfathered in you know um, setback or something of that nature for sure. Yeah. It also yeah. helps if you yeah. know someone on the uh, planning commission. <laughs> well, that too. Right. But yeah, no, we have some fun. I, we have like really lovely local ordinances. Like most cities on the peninsula have heritage tree protections. Right. <laughs> and I love that because mature trees add value. Right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's 10,000 or 30,000 or 50,000. It's, it's, it depends on the neighborhood and the lot size and all those kinds of things. But I will tell you that, you know, 9.99 .99 times out of 10, you offer the same house next door to each other, to the same buyers. The one with the big tree in front will be worth a lot more money to 99% of those people, right? Something about it commands value. I remember um, many times showing homes where the backyard has kind of been cleared sort of like empty. So it's a blank slate. You could like, you can plant trees, you can landscape and you can start to grow vines. But oftentimes people will be like, Oh, like, I don't know what it is, but I still like this backyard. Right. They'll have that, like, can't quite put their finger on it. And I'll be like, it's a, you could, you know, I'm trying to be encouraging. Like, you know, you get a blank slate, you can make your own landscaping. But, um, if your backyard is lush and full of trees, like, <laughs> that's nice. a ticket. So instant, anyway, instant value. Well, that's instant value. So I love those protections. Yeah. Awesome. What's a no, what's an annoying one? Uh, well, you know, as, as real, as a realtor, um, we don't, I don't love the fact that most cities at this point make you, uh, test your sewer lateral line before you sell. Okay. Cause all of our old sewer lateral lines have all these like tree roots in them and broken down clay pipes and all this stuff. So, um, very frequently, if you're planning to sell your property, you're going to have to repair or replace that. Cause we have all these older properties here. Right? right. And then there's some fun ones where like a couple of cities, I won't name it cause I won't call it out as like a 
bad city, but there's a particular city around here that packs on to that one that when you get your, you know, certificate for your sewer lateral being cleared, they're going to have to come inside the house and make sure you got smoke detectors up. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. Right. But what that actually means is they want to come inside the house and see if they see anything else that they think is not permitted. Uh, right. So in that particular city, it's really common to all of a sudden get called out for like, oh, don't know if that addition was permitted. Don't know if that, you know, wall removal or that deck. And so there's a lot of sellers in that city doing a lot of extra work to put their homes on the market. I'll just right. say. Yeah. Well, actually, I haven't even thought about this, mm. uh, this couple in years. Mm. I think this is back in 2017. Yeah. Um, probably in the same city. The mm -hmm. home was large. They had done some additions. I think it was probably mm -hmm. 1,300 square feet. Okay. But they could only claim 900 square feet as, uh -huh. right? It's probably the same. Right. On the city. record books, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I go, that is yeah. so, yeah, because yeah, they never, you know, they, whatever, never approved it. Or they came yeah. back. Yeah. They, they bought the home. This is years ago, too. Mm -hmm. But then somebody from the city comes out, analyzes the place, and says, nope. Not 1300, 900. I mean, that could, yeah. that takes your value down significantly if you're trying to. Well, uh, see, that's, uh, that's, um, that's a reason that you should work with a realtor. I'll just say is at the forefront. So you make sure that when you're a buyer, you're not being, you know, lied to about that. Right. Cause if you buy something online or you like walk into the open house and just use whatever agent is standing there and no one's, no one's job then is to inform you. Right. No one's, skin in the game is to make sure that you are educated and feel good about what you're doing. They're just doing the paperwork. Right. Um, and a lot of times people will advertise more square footage than they legitimately have. And the last thing you can go into it, eyes wide open. If you go into it, knowing like, Hey, okay. Um, I'm getting 1500, even though it says 1100 on the records, I'm okay with the fact that it's not permitted because I'm getting that bonus. Right. Fine. Maybe you're going to legitimize it later because you can add the city out with eyes wide open and say, Hey, what do I need to do to make this up to code to get credit for this? Yeah. It might only be that you need to install an extra heater for that space or like add electrical every, you know, six feet or whatever their, you know, codes are. Um, it might not be that bad. You never know. Um, so there are some people that will be a strategic play, but I've, uh, you know, I've had people in the past be like shocked when I tell them, I'm like, yeah, you know, we're analyzing everything, trying to figure out what to offer for the house. And I'll go like, you know, that they told you 2,200. I know that's what it says on the ad, but just so you understand, like the public record states 17. And they're like, but like, what's the right answer? And I'm like, <laughs> like how, how big is the house? Right? And I go, and I go, well, what happened is, is very likely someone you know, enclosed some kind of added an addition or enclosed a garage, an old garage or a basement and added some space that wasn't originally part of the house. Right. Mm -hmm. So I explain it to them and then they start to feel, you know, then they start to be informed about the process and they can make their pricing choice, their offer price based on all of the information as opposed to only some of the information. Again, that's, that's uh number one reason to work with people that you really know and trust. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I'll, I'll mention one final thing, um, not yeah. just the oh, yeah. square footage, but the disclosure documents. I mean, uh, yeah. I was thinking of your clients, the ones that put an offer down in 24 hours. I don't know if you had time to read the disclosures, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, most, we did. most of them are, are, most of them are kind of ridiculous. You know, it's stuff that it's like, really, come on. Um, we had a bunch <laughs> of disclosures in our place. Like the deck yeah. was rotted out. 
uh, in yep. front. Yep. So, but yep. we kind of yep. knew you kind of bounced on it. You're like, man, this is going to crack at any moment. And I had termite <laughs> rot and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, sure. Sure. Six months of HOA to get it approved. Six to eight months, I, I think, somewhere in that time range to yeah, get it yeah. approved for us to replace the deck. To fix it. Yeah. 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 But a lot of the other but you stuff. Knew, but, you knew, but you knew about it, right? So, totally. Totally. And then the other yeah, stuff was yeah. like, okay, there's some, you know, you have to like open the dryer vent. You have to mm -hmm, seal mm -hmm. some ducks on the eaves of the home, like some really mm -hmm, basic stuff. But my buddy bought a place out in Riverside, yeah, uh, like yeah. a huge ranch and mm -hmm. cockroaches, asbestos. And he's working on ooh, this place ooh. himself. He's an engineer wow. and you know, he's got a lot of yeah. skill yeah, himself. Yeah. So he's doing all this yeah. stuff because man, I had to hire a crew because yeah. this stuff didn't come through on the disclosures. And here I am. Yeah. All it took was just one hammer through the wall and we hear scurrying sounds and <laughs> we start looking at all this stuff. And it was like, it was, a wow. Mess. Wow. So, yeah. Um, but you look at the house now yeah. and for him, it's worth it. I mean, he has this commanding view yeah. of the Los Angeles mountains, um, the slope down yeah. like into the Valley yeah. and then, you know, a gorgeous mm -hmm. home that he's able to, um, you know, to really grow into with his growing. Oh, that's family. amazing. Well, Hey, you know, so, cockroaches and all right <laughs> see that's the that's the that's the other thing that i always want to remind people about is like it's less glamorous than you want it to be you know there's all these beautiful pictures online but at the end of the day like you know it's a practical choice right it's the space you need for your life your family whoever's in your household it's the budget you have it's the um it's the investment choice right like it's far more practical than that and it feels good you move forward even if there's termites you tent for that later. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, I think that um, sometimes if people get that big disclosure package, they feel like overwhelmed by it. They're like, I can't read 500 pages before I buy the house. And someone who's advising you like a professional realtor is always going to help you distill that down and focus on like what's actually important, you know, yeah. so that you can move forward. Yeah. I'm glad that you, you know, knew that, had that advice, like, you know, were able to, to parse that stuff for yourself. So you weren't surprised by right. your deck. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's before we had, before we had, uh, uh, you know, our professional relationship. So I, I, I had yeah, another, it's all good. I had it's another, okay. right. So that's how it is. There's other financial advisors. There's other, there's actually a lot of realtors, a lot of advisors and just find someone that's professional yeah. that you click yeah. with that can deliver for you. Um, and you like working with, you know, so, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. But, but that's the value at the end of the day, we got to deliver for our clients. You got to deliver the deal in a timely mm -hmm. manner that make it look, yeah. uh, I mean, if the, the if the sellers are going to have a whole stack or if you're selling, you're going to have a whole bunch yeah. of offers to buy. You got to know which one to, uh, you know, to go mm -hmm. with and how, and how to write yeah, it up. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so. you know quite a bit about this process. You sure you're not sidelining? Yeah. <laughs> well, the realtor. I told you I'm like this with my, with my, like the, you know, the face plant emoji. I'm like, this is a, you know, as like a, a preteen, you know, with my mom on the freaking That's phone. true. That's true. You know, a lot from your parents. That makes I'm like, sense. I'm trying to yeah. get to my sports game, whatever. I'm trying to hang out with my friends <laughs> and they're, and they're mm -hmm. rapping about like the Lakers or something, or, you know, yeah, yeah. or about <laughs> traveling somewhere or yeah, art yeah. show, whatever stuff that we talk to our clients about now, you know, I just don't sure, do it with, sure. when someone's waiting to get a ride. So yeah, mom, yeah. I love you. <laughs> I've met your mom. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, cool. Carly. Hey, listen, hey. people, um, want to get a hold of you. Yeah, um, they'll, yeah. They'll know how to get a hold of me, uh, you know, cause I'm putting mm -hmm. this out and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
What's the best way to get a hold of you and kind of what's like the first touch point that you have with clients in terms of setting it up? Sure, sure. Um, well, you can always visit my website, carlysife.com. So C-A-R-L-Y-S-E-I-F-F.com. Or you can call or text me. Um, but I mean, if you Google me, my number will be right there. And that's my direct line. It's not an office line. It goes direct to my cell. Um, I gave up on having that forward to me from my office because guess what? My office is wherever I am, right? So, um, and frequently the first thing is actually a phone, like a 15 minute phone call or a 15 or 20 minute Zoom, just kind of like a get to know you, right? Um, I get to hear where they're at. Mostly I listen. You know, I've talked a lot on this podcast, but on those kind of meetings, I mostly want to hear like, what does the client need? Where are they at? What are they looking for? Right. Um, and I can help them decide if they're ready for the next step. And then from there, you know, we get pre-approved, set the budget, start looking at houses. Nice. Yeah? So yeah. Start looking yeah. at houses. Oh yeah. And <laughs> And then don't be afraid. Uh, I'll say this for you, Carly. Don't be afraid yeah. to reach out to Carly, even if you're not ready to buy. Yeah, absolutely. A, we take a long-term view in, in terms of working with working with our clients. So if, if yeah. you're a client of mine and you're listening to this, reach out to Carly. She's there for you to have that conversation, to learn more about yeah. uh, if you know the home buying process and about <laughs> how close are you yeah. to placing and not getting pre-approved and placing yep. that offer. And yeah, absolutely. From personal experience, it is some of the most exciting moments. <laughs> it's the most nerve wracking moments of your life. And yeah, no, it's you fun. live it every day for your clients. And I commend you for, for the work that you do because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whew, it is, uh, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know that you do great work and, um, and the people That's that work with you love working with you and have a great experience. And my clients that I've sent to you have, have, said nothing but great things about working with you. So, Hey, you're so kind. Thank you very much, Aaron. I really appreciate that yeah, for the shout out. So yeah. I, appreciate, I have a, um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So I appreciate having you on. Thank you so much for, for <laughs> yeah, taking yeah. the time to be here today. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you too, Aaron. Um, I look forward to having, grabbing coffee soon. Carly, thank you so much for being a guest of our show today. I want everyone to know that me, your host, Aaron Moore, is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisory member, FINRA SIPIC. Our guests on today's show and their company are not affiliated with Sagecrest Financial nor LPL Financial. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not to be intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. The information is not intended to be a substitute for individualized financial, tax, or legal advice. Please consult your financial tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation and especially reach out to a realtor who is licensed in the state of California. Reach out to your financial advisor who can help you through the process and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you the next episode. Take care.